0: In this Sikha, in addition to being a Sikha about the Pashta Shavuah, it's also going to be a Siyum that the Rebbe made on Mesechta Chagiga. And the Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that on the Pashta Vayyaz, Betzalal, the so Saarin, that Betzal makes the Oren, the Medrash says that when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu to make the Mishkan, Moshe passes on this message to Betzalel, and Betzalel asks, what is this Mishkan all about? Moshe says that the Sh- Hashem will have his Shekhinah rest in the Mishkan, and teach the Yidin Torah. So Betzalel says, so where are we going to put the Torah? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, once we make the Mishkan, we'll make the Aron. So Bezalel responds, Rabbeinu Moshe, this isn't the honor of the title. Let's first make the Aron, and then we'll make the Mishkan. And for this reason, the post says, "By Yaz implying that the Aron is called on Bezalel's name. From this medrash, it sounds like that the idea of the Aron is something separate from the fact that Hashem is dwelling in the Mishkan. This also seems to be implied from another medrash, that after building the Mishkan, Hashem says, you made a place for me to stay, now make a place for the Torah that it should be able to dwell next to me. So the Rebbe asks, yes, it's true that the place of the Torah is in the Aron, but the main place for the Shechina to dwell is also through the Aron, as the Ramban says, that the main point of the Mishkan was the place where the Shechina is going to dwell, and that's in the Aron. So how is it that over here we seem to be separating between these two things, that there's Hashroas, Hashchina, the Shechinah is dwelling in the Mishkan or in the Mikdash, and the Aurin is the place of the Torah. Says so the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by prefacing that we know the idea of Hashem, the Shechinah dwelling in the Mishkan or in the Mikdash, which is also the Mishkan is called Mikdash, as it says, Va'asuli Mikdosh. Hashem is going to dwell in our Mikdash, or in our Mishkan. So from the fact that it says, I'm going to rest in it, it does, sorry, it does not say, it says, I'm going to rest amongst them rather than in it, we learn that this is also connected to another concept, that Hashem also dwells inside each and every yid. In order to understand what this means, that Hashem dwells inside of us, in our personal Mikdash, we're going to explain this, by first having a look, at the end of Mesech Tehagigah, where the Gemara says, Omer Rabavo, Rabavo said in the name of Rabbi Lazar. The fire of Gehenim cannot consume, cannot harm, cannot rule over the Talmidei Chachamim. The Gemara learns it out, from a Kalvachomer from a creature called a Salamandra. This is a creature, that the Gemara explains, comes out of fire. And if a person smears themselves with the blood of this particular salamandra, the fire wouldn't be able to harm him, says the Gemara. If the salamandra that only comes out of the fire and you use its blood, you won't be hurt by the fire. How much more so talmidich hachamim that our whole body is fire. The Apostle says, Hashem says that my words are like fire. So how much more so that they learn Torah, their goof is like fire, they won't be burnt. Amr Reish Lakish, Lakish says, says something in a similar vein. He says the fire of Gehenim could not harm, the Paishe Yisrael cannot rule over the sinners. And he brings the Kav from the Mizbeach Hazov. The golden Mizbeach, which was made out of wood, but it has a thin coating of gold, the thickness of a dinar, of a, of a coin, and yet, for many years, the fire is burning there and not consuming this mezbeach, not burning the mezbeach. The po'y yisrael the sinners amongst the yidn, which are filled with mitzvahs, like a pomegranate. As the Possek says, "Kepelach or This word rakoseich, we are understanding over here as meaning those that are empty. And nevertheless, they're filled with mitzvahs. How much more so the fire of Gehenna would not be able to destroy them. The Rebbe says, simply the way we understand these two statements and the connection between them is that it's all coming to a previous statement in the Gemara, where the Gemara discussed the coatings of the Mizbeach. We have the golden Mizbeach, and we have the copper Mizbeach. And there the Gemara is discussing the fact that the Mizbeach is not susceptible to Tumor, despite the fact that it has these golden or uh, golden or copper coatings, because this coating is only considered secondary to it. And in connection to this Gemara about the coating of the Mizbeach, we now have this statement that Rishlok just said, that the fire of Gehenim cannot destroy the sinners of the Yidden. With this Kalva from the Mizbeach, if the Mizbeach isn't being destroyed, isn't being burned, even though it only has a thin layer of metal of gold over it, how much more so the Poisha Yisrael? In other words, we emphasize the idea that Mizbeach was coated with gold. So now we're bringing something similar that Reish Lokesh says regarding the Poisha Yisrael that they're not going to be harmed. And then we also bring the statement of Rabbah that the fire of Gehenim cannot destroy the Talmudich de Chachamim, because as we said before that they're all fire. But if that's the case, the Rebbe says, then seemingly that these two statements should have been brought in the reverse order. First, we should have had what Reish Lakish says, the Kalvachoymer from the Mizbeach Hazov, regarding the sinners of the Yidden, because that's the one that's more similar to the previous Gemara, that's discussing the coding of the Mizbeach, and then we'll bring something similar to that, that Rabbi Voh said about the Talmidei Chachamim, that they're not going to be consumed, and we bring a Kalvachoymer from that Salamandra, which is a similar idea, but not directly connected to the Mizbeach, and the coding of the Mizbeach that we were talking about. Another question. The main discussion in Gemara about sinners, Poisha Yisrael, and in connection to whether Gehenim could have any sort of impact on them, and generally the discussion about Gehenim, is actually in Mesechta Erevin. There, Reish Lakesh's statement is also brought about Poisha Yisrael, that the fire of Gehenim not take control over them. So the Rebbe asks, since that's the main place where the Gemara discusses this, seemingly over there, we also should have brought the statement of Rabavu, that the Talmidei Chachamim, the fire of Gehenim, cannot destroy them with that Kalvachoymer of the Salamandra. It should have been brought there. Why? Number one, because that's the main discussion regarding Vizin Yonim, of the Gehenim being able to impact the sinners and so on. Whereas over here in Mesechta Tachagige, just came in, by the way, because we were speaking already about the Mizbeah Hazov. Furthermore, Mesechta Erevin is before Mesechta Chagiga. So all of these statements should have been brought together in Mesechta Erevin when we're discussing about sinners being punished in Gehenim. Dreb asks another question. Reish Lokish says, a kalvachoimr from the Mizbeach, because it only has a thin layer of gold and yet, and yet the fire doesn't destroy it. Seemingly, although it sounds like it's connected to the previous Gemara about the coding of the Mizbeach, but actually it sounds like the emphasis is exactly an opposite one of what the Gemara was saying. The Gemara before was saying that according to the Rabbonon, we were discussing the Tumah of the Mizbeach, that it can't be Mechabal Tumah, so the Gemara is saying that although it has this coding, but the coding is completely secondary and nullified to the Mizbeach. And that's why the Mizbeach is not Makabal Tumah, because this coding doesn't really count, so to speak. In the statement of Reish Shalakish about the fact that the Mizbeach isn't being burnt and in a similar way, the Pesha Yisrael, it seems to be emphasizing the opposite. How powerful that coating of the Mizbeach is, that it's actually the one that's protecting that the Mizbeach itself shouldn't be burnt. The Mizbeach that's built up, made of wood. So are we emphasizing the importance of the coating or the opposite? We're focusing on the fact that, this, that the coating doesn't even count, that it's only secondary. Some more things that Rebbe says. Some more diyukim we need to understand within the Gemara. Number one, this kal that we make from the mizbeach hazav that the Gemara says that the Poisha Yisroel, that are so filled with mitzvahs are not going to be able to be burnt if even the mizbeach is not burnt, though it has a small thin coating. So seemingly, this same kal definitely applies with talmidei chachamim as well. That just like the gold does not allow the fire to consume the Mizbeach, so the Torah of the Talmud Echachamim would not allow the fire of Gehenim to destroy them. Even if they have done something negative for which, seemingly, they deserve some Gehenim, if not for the schus of the Torah. If that's the case, the question then is, seemingly that whole first statement about the Talmud Echachamim is completely unnecessary. You could say one statement about the Paishe Yisrael, and if the Paishe Yisrael are not being consumed by the fire of Ganon because of their mitzvahs, then certainly Talmudic HaChemim wouldn't be destroyed. Also says the Rebbe, even if we want to speak about the Talmudic HaChemim, but why do we need a different Kavah Chaymer, a story with a salamandra, why can't we just use exactly the same Kavah Chaymer from the Mizbeach? The coding of the Mizbeach is not allowing the Mizbeach to be burnt, and so too the Torah of the Talmudic HaChemim wouldn't allow them to be burnt. The question is even stronger. Which Calvah do we use for the Talmud chacham And this creature called the Salamandra, which is either one of the Tomei shrotzim, the Tomei creeping animals that the Torah says that specifically have a Tumor, or at least a Chaya, which is, again, not exactly a kosher animal. So the question over here is, why is it that we need to learn for a Talmud Chacham from a Sheretz? When we could learn it from the Mizbeiah Hazav that's in the Beis HaMikdash. wouldn't that be so much more beautiful? Another question. Since the Talmudic and the Po'isha Yisrael are both in Gehenim, clearly because of our that they had done, we're discussing that the fire is not going to destroy them, not going to hurt them. In the first case, because the Talmudic HaChamim, in the second case, because these people, even these sinners, are filled with mitzvahs. The question then is, why is it that when we're speaking about Talmudic we're emphasizing the fact that, that they're Talmidei Chachamim. We're not looking at their sins. We're saying Talmidei Chachamim, the fire of Gehenem cannot destroy them. In the second case, we're not mentioning the mitzvahs part. What are we calling them? Poy Yisrael. Poy Yisrael, the fire of Gehenim cannot consume them. Why is it, in the, again, in both cases, we're speaking about Eden that on the one hand have certain advantages, certain miloes, and on the other hand, they did something for which they go into Gehenim. So why is it in the first case, they're being described as Talmud Chachamim In the second statement, they're being described as Paishe Israel? To explain all of this, says the Rebbe, the connection that a Yid has with Hashem, generally, is through two ideas, through two inyanim. There's Limud HaToyra, our learning of Torah, and our fulfillment of mitzvahs. But there's a difference between them. When a Yid learns Torah, he's understanding the Chachma, the wisdom of Hashem with his own Seichel, what happens is, as the Altar explains in Tanya, there's this most amazing Yichu, this most amazing bond happening between him and Hashem to become so one, so united from every side and corner. In other words, the person himself is becoming one with the Torah. The person is becoming a Metziyus of Torah. On the other hand, when it comes to mitzvahs, even though, of course, when a yid is doing a mitzvah, he's becoming a merkava, a chariot, a vehicle for Hashem's will, for Hashem's desire, yet we don't say the person is becoming one with the mitzvah. The person put on fill and he gave tzedakah, but we're not speaking about this like in Torah, where we say the Torah became one with you. Says the Rebbe, this is really the difference between these two statements of Rabavo and Reish Lakish. is discussing the Maila of Torah by Yidin. He's speaking about Talmidi Chachamim. What does he say? That through Torah, the Tamid Chacham, his body becomes like fire. His body is fire. And we said, the Gemara itself says, we're speaking about Torah. Hashem says, my words are like fire. In other words, the Yid became so one with Torah, so one with godliness, that Torah became who he is. That's his whole entity. On the other hand, Reish he is discussing the advantage of mitzvahs. We're speaking about people that may be sinners or whatever it is. We're speaking about the advantage of what a mitzvah is. We're saying, mitzvah mitzvahs, they are filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate. But what happens by a mitzvah? By a mitzvah, even though you didn't become one with the mitzvah, yet Rishlakesh is teaching us, at least you're so filled with mitzvahs, and therefore the fire of Gehenna cannot destroy this person either. It says that Ebu will understand now why Rishlakish is specifically speaking about a rimon, filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate. Just like the pomegranate, although it has many, many of these little seeds, the little pits inside of it. But this is still, each one is still a separate thing for itself. It's not the pomegranate. So too the Poish Israel, even though they're fulfilling mitzvahs, but it's not, we don't say about their body, their body is a mitzvah. They're filled with mitzvahs, like the pomegranate. As opposed again to Torah, where we say their body is fire says the Rebbe, nevertheless, even though regarding the Talmidei Chachamim, we say they have this smile that Gufo and Esht, her body is like fire, says the Rebbe, we cannot learn this idea of Ein Orshel Gehenim Sherletez Betalmidei Chachamim from the Peshe Yisrael, which we said before, why shouldn't it just be a Kalvachoymer? If even the Peshe Yisrael are not being destroyed by the fire, surely the Talmud Chacham, says the Rebbe, we wouldn't be a Kalvachoymer, why? Because when a Kalvachoymer Tal- falls through in an Avera, in many ways it's more serious than if it's a poishay Yisroel, if it's a sinner that did it. It's similar to what the Gemara says, the Talmidei Chachamim, even if they do something B'Shoi it's counted as if they did it intentionally. So it's much more serious. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, of course, we also, it also wouldn't work the other way. We wouldn't be able to learn the poisei Yisroel, the sinners from the Talmud Chacham, because definitely the Talmud Chacham has that advantage that their whole body is like fire. This is something a certain advantage, and again, the poisha Yisrael don't have, even if they're doing mitzvahs. But again, we didn't say that their whole mitzvahs became like the mitzvah. It says that Rebbe. Now we can understand why the, the 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 Talmidei Chachamim. We learn out specifically from the salamandra, and the poisha Yisrael. We need to learn out from the Mizbe'a Chazov. The salamandra we said before is something that comes out of fire. It's like the Talmud Chacham. His body is fire. His whole mitzvah is Torah. What's this Kavah coming to tell us? What is Rabavoz telling us in this Kaval choimer? He's coming to tell us like this. We're speaking about a Talmud Chacham that Gufon Eish's whole body is like fire. So the question then is, how is it even possible that he comes to any sort of sin? On the other hand, if there is any sort of sin, and that's exactly why he's ending up in Gehenim, so how is it possible that Gehenim won't impact him? How is it possible that he still remains the kind of fire that Gehenim won't destroy him? And this is what the salamandra is going to teach us. The salamandra is coming from fire. The Gemara tells us about fire. That when we speak about the idea of tvilah of immersion in a mikvah, the Gemara says that in truth, the main immersion would have really been in fire. The best immersion is in fire. In some cases, we use water. Now, so here's the question. If Ash of fire is something that could even purify from tumor, so certainly you would think there's no tumor that could ever come out of a fire. And yet we see that out of the fire comes this salamander, this Sheretz Tomi, one of the Tommy Shrotsam in the Torah, or Achaiya. That's on the one hand. So there's something negative coming out of the fire. And at the same time, we're also saying that if you use the blood of that salamander, the fire won't be able to burn you. It says the Rebbe, this is what we learn from the Talmud Chacham. How much more so a Talmud Chacham? The Talmud Chacham that is home at sea is this fire. So even though, yeah, it's possible that sometimes certain Haveres happened, and that's coming because as neshama is in a gulf, in a, a flesh and blood, in this physical world, a place where the Rishoim have a lot of power, etc. But nevertheless, we're learning out this Kavachim from the Salamander because in essence their whole body remains fire. So the fire of Gehenim can have no impact on them. Whereas when it comes to Poyshe Yisroel, which we said, it's not their Mitzvahs, is the Torah or the Mitzvahs. They're filled with Mitzvahs. Here we're bringing a Kavachim from the Golden Mizbech that was coated in gold. What's the idea of mitzvah? With a mitzvah, when a Yid does with mitzvah, it's as if he's coded, he's surrounded, he's encompassed with the mitzvah. The mitzvah is protecting him, but it's not that he became one with the mitzvah, as is in the case of Torah. Says the Rebbe, and now we could also answer the question why it is. In the first category, we say we can still call them Talmudic Chachamim. In the second category, well, how do we describe them as Paishe Yisrael? It goes back to the same point. Talmidei Chachamim says their whole body is fire. We can't call them poysa Yisrael sinners. In fact, we can't even embarrass them, because to embarrass a Talmud Chacham is being embarrassing is embarrassing Torah. Because you cannot separate between the Talmud Chacham and Torah. The Gemara says if a Talmud Chacham is messed up, we don't embarrass him in public, etc. That's why the Gemara uses the term Talmidei Chachamim. They're in essence, who are they? They are Talmud Chacham. The fire of Ganim cannot take control over them. So from this, we'll automatically understand that, yes, something negative happened over here, because with the fact that we're discussing Gehenim, but at the same time, the fire of Gehenim cannot control them, cannot take control over them. In essence, who are they? However, when we come to the other category, the simple people, that yes, they are filled with mitzvahs as a pomegranate. In this case, in certain cases, we might end up embarrassing them. And at the same time, it's not like we're embarrassing the mitzvahs that they have, because as we said before, it's not like their whole existence is the mitzvah. They are filled with mitzvahs. In fact, the Gemara specifically calls them, says the Rebbe Pahesha Yisrael, in order, in a certain sense, to disgrace them, because that itself will be part of their kapara. This is similar to a Gemara that discusses about Chizki Yohamelech, that he dragged the bones of his father on a bed of strings, of ropes, after he passed away, he dragged them in the streets, which was supposed to add to the kapora that he had. Says the Rebbe, from, this, from the Maim that we quoted before, the Mikdash V'shachanti B'soicham, and we said, it doesn't say B'soichoy, I'll dwell in it, but B'soicham in each and every Yid. From this we understand, that just like in the individual Mishkan that a Yid has, there are, the two in Yonim that we said, the way we make a place for Hashem, is through our Torah and our Mitzvahs, In a similar way, there's also in the general Mishkan and Mikdash. And the Rebbe explains, the whole purpose of the Mishkan and Mikdash, what is the goal? What is the purpose? So generally, there are actually two opinions. There is what we quoted before from the Ramban, that the main point was the place where the Shekhinah is going to dwell, that's the Oroin. There's also the opinion of the Rambam, who says that the point of the Mishkan was actually bringing the carbonites says the Rebbe that not necessarily do we have to say that there's an absolute machloikus over here. It's as the expression is, maro marchada, umara marchada, This one is saying one thing, the other one is making another point, and there isn't necessarily a machloikus in essence. In other words, there's really two ideas of what the vishachanti, besoicham, and the mishkan is. There's one aspect, that in the mishkan, Eloikus godliness, should be in a revealed way. In a panimistic way, in an inter- internal way, that means in a way of yichud, where, the, where Hashem Shechina is literally becoming united and expressing itself down here in this world. On the other hand, there's also the idea of the Ashras needs to be in the tachtonim, expressing it somehow, somehow expressing itself in the lowliest things, in physical things, and lowly things. And that's usually the idea of what mitzvahs are all about. we dealing with very, very gashmiistic things. Says the Rebbe, these two ideas of gilya likus on the one hand, on the other hand, really connecting with the Gashmias, These are the two ideas of the aroin, which again is the Ramban's opinion, or the point of the mishkan, and the karbonos, or the mishkan generally. The aroin, which is the idea of taira. This is where Alikus was standing in an open and revealed way. We know the place of the Oren didn't take up any measurement. You were able to see clearly that the physical space of the Mishkan was a space of Alikus. A place where there's no opposites. Everything could happen at the same time. We know that on the one hand there's a certain measurement. How much, how big the Oren has to be. It has to be two and a half Amois, etc. And at the same time when we measured from each side it seemed like the Oren wasn't taking up any, any space. So we're saying it needs to have a measurement, and at the same time, not taking up any space. This is what Torah is all about. Gilel, Eikus in a revealed way, which this is what the Rebbe is referring to as the union of Yichud, the Yichud, the oneness that happens through Torah with Hashem. Then there's the idea of Karbonis, and generally the Mishkan. Here we're taking the various different things that the Yidden donated, whether it was 13, 15, the different ways of explaining the Pesukim in the beginning of Truma, we're taking these physical things and we're making them a mikdash for Hashem. Here the point is making out of the tachton that it should be a place for Hashem. This is similar to the way mitzvot accomplish, elevating, refining, gashmi as the things. Says the Rebbe, even though it's true that in the Mishkan generally and specifically by Karbonus we have a likus also in a revealed way. Of course there's miracles associated with that as well. But nevertheless it's not in the way... As in the case of the Oroin, where you say that the Gashmi is the thing itself is pure Elicus, became Elicus, one with Elikus. Says the Rebbe. Now we could go back and understand the Medrashim that we mentioned in the beginning of the Sikha, where we said there's one aspect of the Hashra's hashrina in the Mishkan. And there's another aspect of the way the Torah is in the Oroin, even though generally, of course, it seems to be all one and the same, that Hashroas, hashrina is in the Mishkan. Through the Oroin. Because, as just explained, more specifically, there's two aspects. On the one hand, there's the place where Hashem himself is, so to speak, dwelling, the place for Hashem himself, where the Shechina is coming down, Um, in the Gashmi, is the things of the Mishkan, Karbonis, etc. But when we say that word, Achsanya, the way it happens through mitzvahs, the place where Hashem is staying through mitzvahs, it's more like Hashem is connecting with the world, the Dira that we're making for Hashem, and the Gashmi is the world. That's the general Mishkan. But then there's something more than that. The place we're making for the Torah, which is the place that the Shekhinah is going to express itself in the Oroin, in a place of Yichud, in the place of Torah, where there's Gilead Likus, where there's oneness, where Hashem is becoming, so to speak, one with the Oroin. As we said before, the Oroin is not even taking up any space, it's pure godliness. And this is more similar to the Talmud Chachamim, as we said when a Talmud Chacham learns Torah, his whole body is fire, he himself is like the fire. Says the Rebbe, this difference between Torah and mitzvahs, and in the way they impact our personal mikdash, that means the year that learns Torah and the way he does mitzvahs, and so too we said in the general mikdash, that we also have these two aspects, the orin more like Torah, and the rest of the mikdash more like the mitzvahs, says this all really comes well, when we look at the difference of Torah and mitzvahs as they are and how they are one with Hashem. Regarding Torah we say, Torah is one with Hashem. That means Torah and Elikus is mamish one. Not like two things that are connected to each other, but rather they're one mitzvah. On the other hand, regarding mitzvahs, they are Hashem's will, Hashem's desire. They are called Eivorim de Malka. They are like the limbs or the organs of the king, Kavayachul, so to speak. And just like by a person down here, his Eivorim, his body, his limbs, although of course they're nullified to his nefesh, but they're not one with the nefesh. The same thing, what's the idea of a mitzvah? A mitzvah is a command to the person. So there's the person and there's the mitzvah, there's still two separate things, very different to Torah, where when the person is learning Torah, he's becoming one with the Torah. And the Torah is there even before he learns it, there is that Chachma of Hashem that he's going to become one with. Therefore, when a Yid learns Torah, the Chachma of Hashem, he is becoming one with Hashem, and it causes that absolute unity, that oneness with Hashem. Again, in a mitzvah, Hashem is telling him to do something. So there's he is a separate thing to Hashem. The whole idea of Torah is the Yid is now going to become one with that Chochmah of Hashem. When a Yid is doing the mitzvah, he's doing the Ratzah and the will of Hashem, which is of course an order, a command to the Yid. So there's a certain bitul over here of the person to Hashem. He is nullifying himself and doing what Hashem wants. But there isn't that idea of becoming miyuchad, becoming one with the mitzvah. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand clearer how the idea of Shakhanti b'socham. Even if we're only doing a part of it, making a dira lo yisborach why we need to have both the union of toira and the union of mitzvahs. The whole point of Nesav HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem wanted to have a dirah was that the very essence of Hashem should be able to dwell down here in this lowliest world that there's nothing lower than it. And for this we actually have to have and combine two different aspects. On the one end we're trying to draw down the very essence of Hashem. The other aspect is that we want that it should impact and connect to the tachtoinim. Says the Rebbe, this is the difference in Torah and Mitzvahs. Torah, as we said, Torah is one with Hashem. So this is the way Hashem, the essence of Hashem is being drawn down and expressed. But it not necessarily is causing that the Tachta, the lowly thing of Hashem, should be able to experience this. Because Torah, even as it comes down, it always remains beyond the Gashmi as the things. Whereas Mitzvahs, Mitzvahs are, we said, they var in the Makkah, like the limbs, the organs of the King Kvayachol. They come down here and get involved in Gashmi as the things. So here, says the Rebbe, on the contrary, the whole idea of Mitzvah is to take those physical things, to elevate them, to refine them, through doing a Mitzvah, and through this we bring that Hashem should also be able to connect and dwell in the Tachtoyinim themselves. Says the Rebbe, now let's go back to the Gemari and chagigo. The Rebbe spoke about the two statements that on the one hand we say that the fire of Gehenim cannot take ro- take control over the Talmidei Chachamim, and also the Poyshe Yisrael, and how that's all connected to the topic previously in the Gemara, which is to do with the Mizbeach, and as we said, these two statements are being brought specifically over here in Chagiga, where the topic was the Mizbeach, not the Mesech Te'er, where the topic was Gehenim. And the Rebbe explains, the idea of both of these statements is really to bring out that we need to be Mizboin and we need to look in deeply, into the very, very specifics of what's going on over here, into the yid, and then what we see is that by the yid, whether it's a Talmud Chacham or the Poyshei Yisrael, we'll notice that the averos are always just something secondary. They're only just a coding. What's the real yid? The real yid is beautiful toiv and kedusha. That's why they're coming in continuation to these two to the statement about the Mizbeches, where we said what it's not going to receive Tumor. Why? Because when we look carefully, we look at this coding, but it's only, we said, only tofel to the is The metal, although metal usually is makabal tumma, but in this case, it's only bottle, it's only secondary to the is And since we explained that the hashras, hashrin, and the mishkin comes through with two things, toira and mitzvahs, this is exactly why the Gemara is bringing continuation to this in regard to this individual mikdash inside each and every id, that in our mikdash as well we have these two things, toira and mitzvahs and that that's really the real Iker by inside of the Yid, both in the Talmud Chacham and the Pesha Yisrael, that's really who he is, the Torah and the Mitzvahs, and therefore it can never be nullified through the Averois, which are always going to be considered only a coding, something secondary to who he really is. Why the specific order, first the Talmud Chachamim and then the Pesha Yisrael who have Mitzvahs, says the Rebbe, the Gemara brings first the Talmud Chachamim and then the Pesha Yisrael, even though in the Gemara when it wants to say that is seemingly going to be more related to the second point because practically in the order of how we go about things usually it is Torah first and then Mitzvah. First we learn and then it brings to action. And so too in the Paul of how the Shechina comes down in the Mikdash both in the general and individual one first is the concept that we draw down Hashem the Atzmus through Torah and then we connect it also into the Tachtoinim through the Mitzvah.